Hello, and welcome to Superhuman Samurai Cyberpod. I'm Rob. I'm Jen. I'm David, and for our last episode, we have our guest. Hello, uh, my name is Paul, although I usually go by Devil online. Okay, and wh- and why don't you tell us a little about yourself and uh, what you what what you do? Okay, well, um, I've been a fan of uh, Tokusatsu and especially Kamen Rider for as far back as I can remember. Um, and many moons ago, I made a website, egadevil.com, which still exists and will hopefully be updated someday. Um, and, uh, <laughs> yeah, I do, I do a lot of things, although lately I haven't been doing much because I've been so busy with my real life job. Um, I live in Japan and I work as a English teacher, uh, part time. Um, and the rest of the time I'm actually helping other English teachers. I'm kind of a, uh, coordinator, I guess you could say. Um, and, uh, I've been doing that for about, let's see. It's 2019 now, so seven years, um, oh. although I did a bit before. Um, I was on the JET program, which is kind of the most famous uh, way of, of teaching English in Japan. Yeah. Oh, uh, mm-hmm. wow. It's, you, you've been back in Japan for seven years? Yeah, yeah. Um, I've, I've been back and forth. Um, I guess I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> I remember talking to you yonks and yonks ago on, like, DeviantArt and things. I, I drew uh, Common Rider Sigma for you at one point. That's right. That's right. And I, I remember you left Japan at one point. I didn't. Did I? How did I miss you going back? I guess I wasn't paying attention um, to your Twitter or something. Or that was before I found. Yeah. You. Well, the last Twitter. The last time I was uh, back in the U.S. So I, I was here from 2007 to 2010, uh, just three years straight, and then I went back for. A bit and came um, came back in 2012. So about just under kind of two years, I was back in the U.S. and that's when I started doing a lot of uh, podcasting. Originally, um, I was on uh, HJU Radio, I think. Um, yeah. And sorry, I'm just pausing because I think I'm having a problem with audacity here. Oh no, there it goes. Oh no. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> It had okay. a, it had a momentary you know uh oh it's gonna freeze moment but um so yeah when I did I'm that running it on my laptop it does that I I have to record on my big old burly gaming desktop so it doesn't do that so yeah, yeah. It, it takes more uh, resources than you might expect right right um okay uh, yeah I think we're all right um so uh yeah I, I started doing a lot of podcasting then um. And, uh, yeah, but I, I've been here pretty much consistently for the last, uh, seven years now going on eight. Well, well, thank you for joining us and for making this our first, uh, transcontinental episode. Yeah. Or cool. sorry, I guess intercontinental episode. Yeah. 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 Well, um, the first one that didn't have just Canadians on it. Well, we're, we're on the same <laughs> continent. I've told you this repeatedly. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Technically, but learn your geography. I used to know geography, then I stopped caring when they started changing more, more, and more names. And when, when suddenly countries weren't called what they were called when you learned about them in school, and then you were like, "This is bullshit." Why is there a a Czech Republic and a Slovakia? Yeah, there, w- there was, I think it was around the Yosemite. Yus- and, and again, Yus- I reiterate, we, Canada has had the same name 
for over 150 years. Been in the same place. <laughs> Has not had any significant border changes. Anyway, Paul. Also, Japan. Yes, and you are joining <laughs> us just in time for our grand finale. Yes. As this is the 12th and final episode of Superhuman Samurai Cyber Squad Gridman. What? Or... Okay, you, you you did specify Superhuman Samurai Cyber S S S S S Gridman. It's the final episode of that. But Right. Timing Yes, we it, yes. it turns out that we are recording this a mere day after there is after a teaser was released for what appears to be a sequel. Yep. Uh no yes. word on whether it's a series or a movie. Hopefully it's not just a stage show, uh, which they've <laughs> been no, been also it's... doing, but there, well, like, I, um, <clears throat> go on. Um, I, I think it's going to be, uh, at least a series or an animation. Cause I saw, you know, like a director and, and, uh, animation, um, I guess character, not character design, yeah. like that kind of thing. I saw the credits listed. Um, huh. so I'm, I'm assuming it's a se- series, but it's something in, I, um, I hoping it's a series, but I mean, the, the way anime has been going a lot recently, it's like they have a good series and then they have a movie like, um, oh, what's it, Konosuba? Like they had two series and then a mo- or three series and a movie. So it, it may just be mm-hmm. just a movie. Mm-hmm. I hope not, because then it'll take longer for us to see it and review it. But yeah, anything more is great. Cons- like it has apparently been doing really good business in Japan, selling models and figmas and androids and soundtracks. Oh, yeah. They got like every character in the show has their own signature soundtrack, except maybe um, Megatron oh, Mom. I'm not sure she does. But like all the principal. Oh, she should have one. So by signature soundtrack, does that mean hmm? what exactly is a signature soundtrack? Well, it, it's like the the voice actor for the character in the show has their own song on a soundtrack that were, I think most of them were released as singles, but there was enough of them to put together for a whole album now. Like, Boar oh, has wow. their own song. Starscream Chan and Soundwave Chan have a song together. Oh. Okay. Oh, I th- I thought this might be like a thing where they used to have soundtracks that were music inspired by the film. <laughs> well, it's effectively that because it's it's just characters from the show singing after the show happened. I, I but it's not just like a songs. random Smashing Pumpkins track that the record company happened to have lying around. No, no, no. Put on Listen, something. this was inspired by the movie Scream Two. Yeah, <laughs> that's why it has nothing to do with Scream Two. And it's all just happens to be musical acts that are already on the record label that's releasing the soundtrack. Oh, there. I forget what it was. I remember hearing about one a while ago that, like, it was soundtrack two for some movie, but it wasn't the soundtrack for the sequel. It was a second soundtrack for the first one. And it was like, wait, what? Yeah. Uh, that that happened a lot in like the late 90s, early aughts. I think it might have been a 90s yeah. movie, but it was like just something that's like, how did that happen? I, I don't know. Anyway, um, Gridman's. Um, yes. So, so pre- actually, I'm curious if these are something that are actually released on like a physical CD or if they are just like on Spotify in Japan. Um, 
Japan loves physical media. They they don't seem to do MP3s as much, at least that I've noticed. Um, mm. hey, uh, Paul, uh, yeah, good. definitely <laughs> definitely disc release. Nice. I I'm a big fan of like, this. Do they even release like Common Rider soundtracks on MP3? Uh, more and more nowadays. Uh, yeah, you can get things on like iTunes okay. or Amazon uh, has its own yeah, music okay. service. Um, but still, I mean, they always sell everything, both in in physical and digital. Like, there's not too much I think that I've only seen come out digitally that then didn't get a physical release at some point. Mm-hmm. All right, I'm just curious. <laughs> oh, uh, question. Um, are are we springing this last episode on you, or have you seen the whole show? Oh, I've seen the whole show. Yeah, definitely. Um, but okay, good. I, I had not. Um... Our, our last, our last guest. Oh, really? our last guest has only seen two episodes that we showed them. Oh wow! <laughs> and it was weird. Um, yeah, no, I I watched it when it was on TV uh, here, which was now I think about a year ago. Um, just about yeah, it, the last episode aired in. I think it actually aired December twenty second. Oh, coming up okay. on the uh, one year anniversary. This I think this is coming out after the episode. Okay. Okay. Days. Um, how do they work? Yeah, I, I did watch it back then, and I had not rewatched it since. So I went back and watched the final episode this morning, um, just to kind of refresh myself. Um, and it, it's funny how it, everything stuck with me. I was like, oh, I remember this, and I remember this, um, because it's it's just a very memorable show overall i think but especially the final episode oh, yeah. mm. i mean it, it it i certainly find that it this sticks with me well but i don't really watch a lot of anime so or kind of any anime so it's uh there isn't a lot to sort of run together which mm. helps i'm i'm the uh, the resident uh, anime neophyte uh around here <laughs> yes <laughs> And also watched this months after uh, my co-hosts did. So I watched the final episode for the first time today. Nice. Oh, nice. Yay. So- I'm, I am not generally very well-versed in tokusatsu in general, but I basically care about anime that's also speculative fiction. Uh, not as much <laughs> nowadays when it's all just like slice of life and stuff. Well, this is a little I bit slice of life, a little bit. Been... Oh, sorry. Yeah, this this combines this combines everything I like: giant robots, giant kaiju monsters, uh, slice of life, depending upon the show, and weird anime drama tropes, and just anime animation tropes in general. I I am. To? Absolutely fine with teenagers having feelings uh, when it's in the context of, like, space robot fighting. Yeah. <laughs> A gimmick helps. So, so previously on uh, Gridman, <laughs> the uh, uh, Gridman and Grid Knight are fighting off the uh, the boss rush. We've uh, we have learned that uh, that our hero Utah is not in fact the real Utah, but uh, in fact Gridman using him as kind of a meat puppet. <laughs> mm. well. nice. And also our uh, 
our antagonist, uh, Akane, has rebelled against her benefactors slash masters slash servant, uh, Alexis Carib, and so he's decided to uh, toss over the game board and turn her into a giant monster. Yes. Yes. Kayube has has come and she has uh, undergone her witch transformation. Kind of looks like, like like I said, last episode felt very Madoka Magica. Mm-hmm. Kind of looks like if you turned an ammonite on its side, but the tentacles were coming out of both sides. Yes. Well, yeah. um. Oh, this monster. Oh, wait. Did I actually look up? I I forget if it's officially like what it was designed from, but it it's kind of sort of a reference to. Gadanathoa, which was the final monster in oh was it Ultraman Tiga? Yes, which yeah, is yeah, named and named after uh, a Lovecraft or Cthulhu Mythos monster. Um, I think it was from a story by him and Hazel Heedle something. What was it? To the Google. Mm-hmm. You're not helping me, Google. No. <laughs> Um, but yeah, yeah, Gatanathoa, the final monster in uh, Tiga, and and yeah, this one kind of had the similar sort of you know this face in the middle of a giant shell with big arms and tentacles and and real just wild design. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, it, it, it definitely is final boss level of of monster design. And yep. it, it it may be a coincidence, but given the level of Transformers references we're seeing on this, the, the head does kind of look like uh, Bone Crusher from that first Transformers movie. I was going to yeah, say, well, I, I was expecting you to uh, to say maybe it was a reference to Power Hug, the the big uh, pill bug. <laughs> I wish. I love Power Hug. <laughs> we, we already did. The, the first kaiju was, its colors were based on Power Hug, or the Japanese version. Oh, that's right. Oh, so the, the um the, the face yeah it does kind of look like Bone Crusher sort of stretched out which in a way also makes it look kind of like Legion from uh Gamma 2 the advent of Legion which is a big ultra complex mm-hmm. kaiju Oh yeah which is this is sort of like that with giant tentacles Oh um all the guys that would be needed to move this if there was an actual prop suit would be amazing <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it it departs from that a little, from the sort of guy-in-a-suit aesthetic uh, that the show yeah. usually adheres to. You'd have to get some puppeteers on those tentacles. I think it does have, like, four feet underneath it, so it could be a puppeteered thing, but it, it, mm. it's just this giant shell ball thingy that also kind of looks a bit like Lavos, sort of. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, um... This episode, we do not have the opening theme. It just goes from last time... No, no opening theme. ...right into the fight. Mm-hmm. We don't have time for opening themes. <laughs> We've got stuff to do. We've got evil to defeat. <clears throat> so, yeah, there, and it is making horrible screaming noises. Yes, oh, that... horrible, distorted teenage girls screaming noises. Oh, yeah, that's a thing I... I feel like it's a thing I remember hearing, like, well, probably like a year ago, that all the monster noises are twisted audio versions of lines by Akane's voice actress. Like her shouting, kill, and yes. no, and, and other weird things. It's like, oh, that's horrifying. Yep. <laughs> yes. 
But this one, they they don't distort quite as much because they want to make it clear that this is just her. And we, we, even, so we, we even cut to an inside view of this thing, which is maybe not physically inside, but in a, on a spiritual sense. It's just her curled up in like a fetal position being restrained by a bunch of spooky ghost hands. Yeah. Yeah. Not fun. Not fun. It's, it's, it's a visual metaphor for depression. Yes. Or yeah. a visual metaphor for being inside a giant monster. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> also possible. Too. Oh yeah, the the uh, Gridman and Grid Knight still mopping up the uh, the last of our uh, previous monsters here. Uh, Grid Knight has a line that is very good, but also extremely anime. Yes. Uh, he says, "At the end of my life, I'll defeat you. Live until then." <laughs> oh, <laughs> yes, I love. He's gone him. full Vegeta. Anti is absolutely my favorite character in this. I love. He's my good trash son. And meanwhile, Rika has caught up to Alexis Carib, uh, who has no idea who she is. <laughs> he's like, and he's very dismissive about it. Like, he might even actually have noticed who she is, but he's being a jerk about it. But also, maybe he just doesn't care that much. Or his his uncaring is that significant. Wait, wait, are you, are you, you're going with the glasses, right? No? Oh. Uh. <laughs> you're not the redhead. Uh, yeah, I'm stumped here. <gasps> yeah. <laughs> oh, well. Anyway, it anyway, it doesn't matter anyway, because you're not actually a real person. Yeah, so that's, that's the big definitive uh, info drop on what... You know, they're the existential situation here. Yeah, like you know, I you know, your your whole existence is very sad because you're just like a phony person. Uh, yeah, apparently that's... there was a specific term that uh, he uses here that was lost in translation for the subtitles. Oh. Well, huh. Uh perhaps David or uh, or or Igadevil, Paul. you could uh... I don't I don't I don't remember. I don't I don't remember, <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh... <laughs> Oh no! I was looking this up. It's uh, what is the word here? Doo-doo-doo. Oh, a replicompoid. Oh, compoids. Yeah, they were. Um, that's mm-hmm. the name of the the people living in the digital world in the original Gridman, of which we only ever actually saw one. Right, right. And that may be the only time it was mentioned. It was. Um, what was her name? Her name was Harmony, I think. Um, the the one that uh, Unison. Oh, Unison. The digital fairy that ended up being Anoshiras 2's mom. Unofficially, but mm. it totally is. Yes. yes. That's that weird little monster girl we saw earlier in the series. Yes, with the big teeth. Yep. Yes. Right. We see again. Later. <laughs> yes. Spoilers. I mean, obviously, She's if you so have not good. seen the episode, you should probably not be listening to this. No. Right. <laughs> be, like, Spoilers for the end of the episode. Yeah. Go, go back and watch that. We're explaining the entire plot. Oh. Anyway, so uh you know, she you know, she despite uh getting thoroughly negged by this uh computer demon, she is going to press on and try and win the day with the power of friendship. Yes. And meanwhile, uh Grid Knight is going to try and win the day with the power of just taking a header into this monster. <laughs> yep. First transforming into his uh from giant robot form to 
uh, tiny human form. Yes. Yeah. After, after ripping the yep, he's, ripping the jaws he's open, he's going to approach things as he always does, extremely directly. And there's like a weird mask face. Yes, in there's there. a weird face. Like I don't know if it's an intentional reference because it looks like the mask of the monster Zaram from Zaram and Zaram Two. Mm-hmm. Which is just this sort of creepy white kabuki mask that every once in a while it smiles, but it's also like a snake demon in a monster alien's body. Mm-hmm. Which has absolutely nothing to do with anything Subaraya, but it's like the face reminded me of that. Yeah. I was gonna say, that's that's a lot of uh, supernatural creature stuff going on in, in that one creature. But, but I mean, it's... That that kind of like placid doll face is fairly standard, but yeah, it, it may be a specific reference to a particular placid doll Ooh. face. Also, I feel like I've seen that. I don't know how old the the thing you're talking about is, um, but I feel like I've seen it on a VHS cover. Yeah, because it was from the late nineties, I think, <laughs> like ninety eight or something. Ah. So it might have been on one of those spinner racks at Sam Goody with the Evangelion tapes. Yeah, that, and I think it—I think it was like on old Sci-Fi Channel a couple times. Ooh. Anyway, so uh, so he does indeed get into here, pulls um, Akane from what is like a like a pool of ectoplasm or something. Something like that, possibly symbolic yeah. ectoplasm, but yeah. There's some sort of goop. Yes. Yeah, um, you know, she ends up gooey, which is kind of weird. I, I think that sequence, some people said it was a reference to something from one of the new Evangelion movies, which I haven't seen. Mm, okay. But that in itself, I think, is a reference to an old, I forget if it's Dinah or Tiga. It's one of the Ultraman series. I forget if it was one of the movies or something. But, like, the Ava movie was referencing Ultraman, and this is referencing either of those. Like, <laughs> yes. one, one character pulling another character out of a darkened soul prison thingy. Goop. But I can't find Some a link goop. for that, so I don't remember which show it was. Oh, well. And, uh, meanwhile, our, uh, our other heroes have... Uh... Have have uh, have sort of gathered to uh, sort of you know have a you know final council before the uh, the big battle here, and uh, and even our pal Utsumi shows up, even though he you know doesn't really think that he needs to be there, and sort of claims that there's actually no reason why he is supposed to be there. Yep, he's he's feeling the uh, the NPC angst here. Yeah, you're jump you're jumping ahead from some of the oh. fun lines. Like oh, the, the <laughs> conversation Stop between uh, Rika and and Tim Curry, Alexis Carib is really good. Like a lot of his lines are quotable and odd. Like he, he's harassing her, like a creation that believes their god is a friend, and other teasing things. Yeah, yeah. And then there's the spot where. Yuta shows up riding, um, is it Vit? Yeah, Vit. As if he's a clip out of a Macross anime, like, to pick her up. <laughs> and Alexis Carib is like, yeah, so long, I don't give a shit about you, go away. You don't matter. You're just NPCs. <laughs> just don't even mm-hmm. matter. You're not even real characters. You're just computer bits and things floating around the electronic ether. 
All right, I'm done. You're, 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 as, you're as real as those people from Reboot. Yeah. And everybody knows <laughs> yeah. they aren't real. It's true. Poor people from Reboot. Uh, did we? But anyway. Paul? Oh, still there? Did, okay. No, I'm, I'm still okay, here. You, you were um, just quiet. <laughs> I, I, sorry, I'm just, I'm listening to the, I'm listening to the recap um, because I'm going to be talking a lot real soon about uh-huh. this. Oh, okay. <laughs> You're ready for it. You're preparing. You're you're saving your voice. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. So yeah, he so he you know he decides to go in because Rika threatens to kick him. Uh, Utsumi <laughs> in this case. Yes. So, Poor guy. Oh, wait, no, His shins do, must be so bruised. Doesn't she does kick him? Shit! I thought I had a note about her kicking him. Where did it go? Oh, there it is. I, I skipped All right, the I think page. he actually does get... Right, this is where he actually does get kicked. Yeah, he gets kicked, and it's the tenth kick, I think, but it's the first time he's been kicked by someone other than Little Boar. <laughs> Rika's taken her cues from Boar here. That seems to be effective, so she's going to go right oh, yeah, through and, the show. I like that, like, Utsumi has been like this has become a side character throughout the show because he has so little to do with the plot. So he's he's a little depressed and down on himself. But then they're saying, no, we need you. You, you name the Gridman Alliance. You're one of us. You are important. You are a friend. Hey, supporting characters are still extremely important. Yeah. And uh, meanwhile... Uh, deep within the bowels of this giant monster, uh, Akane does indeed get hulled out of the uh, out of the soul goop just in time for uh, for Auntie to get hella stabbed through the heart. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh yeah. Alexis Carib shows yeah. up right behind him and just right through the heart. Poor guy. My poor, Jump it around my poor trash more. son. Before. Yes. Before Trash Son manages to save his trash mom, like, um, inside, like, the ghost hands are, either she's seeing it on her own or the, the Alexis and the kaiju are showing her everyone she has intentionally killed. Yes. Yes. Starting from Psych Hill on down through the jet fires. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, her name was Takara something. No, Tonkawa. And when Auntie pulls her out, like, I didn't actually write down the specific words, but uh, Akane says something like, you're trash, and he's all, yes, I am trash, thanks to you, Mom. Basically. Yeah, he, she she calls him a, a failed creation, and, and he's like, I'm your ah. failed creation. And they have a touching moment just in time for... Alexis Carib to show up behind him stabbing. and stab him through the heart with a gigantic sword. Oh yeah, yes. I was very upset. This is this is I bought this at the mall. Huge. Yeah, it's it's definitely like this is for ornamental purposes only. Except I guess they are not for ornamental purposes only in this case. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean somebody might get hideously impaled on it. Yeah. And yes, this is this is obviously a sword that he bought at like an anime convention that was based on something from a video game. <laughs> mm. 
I think um, the final villain in the original Gridman, when when he fights uh, Gridman in the last episode, spoiler warning, uh, he has a giant sword like that too. So I think that yeah. was a deliberate kind of callback. Yeah, that could be it. it um, That's probably. I always it. forget what uh, Kilokan's Japanese name was because Kilokan is just uh, such a great name. It's pretty great. But yeah, yeah he becomes giant. Kan, Kan. Oh, Kan Digifer. Uh, Kan Digifer. Yeah. Yeah. Which it, it doesn't have quite the same ring as Kilo Khan. I, I guess Kilo Khan just reminds me of, like, Reboot. It's like, yeah, that's, that's a perfectly good name for a digital entity. And also, the Japanese one wasn't Tim Curry. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so, uh, so that is, uh, that is a wrap on Anti, it appears, as, as there's just a, Tremendous amount of blood coming out of him. It, it's a lot of blood. Well, he's fine. He, he's, he's he's fine. He's not people. I would say he's not people, but he is people now. He thinks of himself yes. as people. My baby, my poor trash baby. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, he's cast aside, and uh, Alexis Carib is is all like, "Oh, sorry, oh. it took so long, but yes. there, I took care of him for you, <laughs> like a jerk." Yeah, so, yeah, Alexis Carib is huge now, so we are going to need to send out uh, Gridman once more. Yes, but yep, like, now it's time for the final and, like, villain to grow. There, there's a quick shot where, like, there's, like, a door shutting at, to close her in to his chest after he absorbs her, and his cape mm-hmm. goes away, and mm-hmm. he's all buff and badass looking. And, and then he looks over the semi wrecked digital city that is a normal city, but is on a digital world. And says there is nothing of value here anymore. It's like, <laughs> fuck it, peace. I'm out. He's, I mean, he's done all. He's gotten all his nourishment that he can from this, and he's used it up. That's it. <laughs> uh, so, but uh, luckily, everybody has uh, new accessories uh, just in time for the uh, the show to end. Yes. What I I have written down what the these are called, but I cannot read it. But, but these ob- um, objectors, acceptor bracelet, I think something like that. Acceptors, I think. Uh, yeah, the access. I mean, they're ex- the thing they do flash. access flash. Yes, yeah, yeah, they're they're the things which, they have on their wrists. Yeah, which Utah had um, and Utah and all of the. Uh, all the the um, and all the neon genesis junior high kids and and trash son gets one. <gasps> yep. Oh man. We go back to sitting trash son just yeah. lying in a pool of his own blood and like a lake of his own blood. My God. <laughs> I, I think there are also additional like I think there's it's a puddle, but I hope so because geez, this thing juiced him like a cran apple. But but yes, he's got one too. Hi, baby. So, yeah, it is, so it is now time for a special signature to save a soul. <gasps> Yay! Hmm. Type in that access code. Is that the that's that is the first time we're hearing that, isn't it? Yes, I think so. That's what I thought. Um, that was that was the big reveal, and well, one of many big reveals in the final episode was that's what the SSSS. I, I got that right. Four S's <laughs> stands for. 
Um, because it, well, it's funny how I think like in a in a meta sense, like when they were creating the series, yeah, it came from Superhuman Samurai Cyber Squad. Mm-hmm. But I I remember reading uh, that apparently the staff had not actually seen that; they just heard the name, right? And and thought, oh, that's cool. Let's use that. Yeah, they heard the name, and they like had the names of some of the characters that they gave to some attacks of the Neon Genesis High Kids. But supposedly they didn't see any, and yet there's a few points in the series like that 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 feels like a frickin' reference. They they read the wiki yeah, page. Yeah, they read the Wikipedia they looked, page on. Looked up a couple clips on YouTube. Yeah, that's. Mm. Anyway, so so Gridman yeah. goes into battle. He is um, yes, and in this case, he's the original Gridman. Yes. Yes. Time for the baby Dan yes. Dan to intensify. Yes, this oh, like I somehow I didn't realize that was going to be in the show, despite the fact the new version of the original song recorded by the the band that plays the theme song to this show. It's like oh, they put them both out. They put the the new theme song and the old one. Yeah, that, that's cool together on on a single. I didn't think oh, it's actually going to be the show. So somehow I was surprised <laughs> by that obvious fact. Right. But the way the um, new Gridman armor shoots off of the old Gridman design reminds us, unfortunately, a lot like something that happened to Ultra Magnus back in the old Dreamwave Transformers comics. Oh no! When all his armor <laughs> came off and he, when was, he was a white a Optimus Prime. Marshmallow. Yeah, well, um, IDW uh, Magnus did that too, at least somewhere in one of the issues. Maybe just a cover. No, IDW Magnus was also full of tinier men, but in a different way. But a much tinier man. Yes. Much tinier man, yes. But, <laughs> oh, the baby Dan Dan kicking in, and then them reanimating. It's not CG. This is the first fight in the entire series that isn't, like, giant CG animation. It's hand-drawn animation of him be- Embiggening in the old pose, and and then just oh the fight scene! I love the animation in the fight scene. It just they're going full on balls to the wall crazy with it. Yeah, it's really yes. good. To the old theme song, and it's so good. But it's kind of weird that he has normal human proportions, <laughs> yeah, and not like hu- not like you know heroic air quote proportions. You mean that, that he looks like a guy in a suit again? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Which has been kind of the entire point of the series, but it's, oh, it's oh, some of the impact frames are just so good. And and Alexis Carib says that his his uh, new look is very nostalgic. Yeah. Which <laughs> <laughs> I, I appreciate it. Yeah. So um, yeah, about this whole sequence. Um, going back to yes. the very first episode and uh, sort of the atmosphere that it established and all that, I think when I watched that, at the time, I thought, okay, this is going to be its own thing. It's, you know, inspired by the original, but it's really, it's its own show, you know. Um, and then as the weeks went by and more and more details about the the background, you know, of the, the universe they were in and, and things like that, 
And especially when you get to the, I think it's episode uh, six or seven with the the monster girl. Yes, and Oshiro's too. Um, it becomes was... increasingly clear that yes, this is there is some connections to the original Gridman, and this is kind of the full on, you know, just the revelation that it's exactly what you thought it was going to be um, by the point of this series. Because yeah, like in episode eleven, my thinking was okay next week. They gotta have like the old theme song and the old grid van show up and all that because that would that's sort of like that just feels right. That's the direction that should all go in, and they did that. Um, so it's it's a really interesting case of kind of a show, uh, you know, really doing the sort of slow burn and and gradually peeling back the layers um, to get to this conclusion that it's. On the one hand, it's a total surprise. On another, it's sort of what you're expecting, but you're glad that that's the direction they went in. Because there there are times in this show when I really didn't know where it was going to go. And especially that moment when uh, Yuta gets stabbed, you know, by the, oh, yeah. the exacto knife there. And I was like, oh, this suddenly took a really dark turn. And I don't know... <laughs> yeah. I don't know if I like where it's going now because I because the whole show it, it, it's really interesting to me. They aired this at um, I think it was like twelve thirty on on Fridays or something like that. It was at a very well for me it seemed like a strange time, but it's actually a very normal time to air uh, anime series on late at night. But it was interesting because I thought there's really not a whole lot. I mean, you could there's a few things obviously, but there's not a whole lot that kind of makes this a show that's not kid friendly. You know, I mean, maybe mm-hmm. maybe not little kids, but I think like teenagers obviously could could handle most of what's in the show, and especially the themes that it covers um, oh, yeah. in this final episode. I think really are, are very good, um, you know, good good messages and all that. So mm-hmm. it's. I don't know, just throughout the whole run, I was kind of like, is this one of those shows where it's going to start out kind of light and then and get wicked dark later on? Or, <laughs> Episode three uh, of Madoka Magica. Yeah, yeah, like that kind of thing. So to have it end on uh, an incredibly, I thought, uplifting and, and positive kind of vibe where you got the classic grid man and everything, um, just, you know, a, a true love letter to the original series... Um, it was it was great to see, and uh, yeah, definitely. I you know I love the whole show, but this last episode and this scene in particular was kind of like this is a, this is what we'd been waiting to see in a way. You know? <laughs> mm-hmm. So I I love this this whole part, and it it is a good fight, but uh, obviously, um, or well, not obviously, but uh, Gridman can't do a whole lot because. Uh, Alexis Carib is nigh immortal, recovering from you know being kicked in half, sliced in half, and can apparently not die. I mean, and he basically says that he's immortal. Though I I realize, as someone with an interest in elves, uh, being immortal does not mean you cannot be killed. But no, he yes. apparently yeah. also cannot be killed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Alexis is pontificating and about, about like how- he's like nothing. He is the void. He devours her and exists only to destroy this city, which he helped her make yes. so she he could break it because it wasn't perfect and she didn't like parts of it. It was flawed. I, I, it was like 
life found a way as as, as it goes uh, through kaiju <laughs> and Alexis is just a parasitic vampire living off of it that has absorbed a lot of darkness out of her. Mm-hmm. I, I have to say right. that as someone who, who likes uh, stories about terrible things happening and people being miserable uh, to fill the void in my own heart, uh, I can definitely understand where he's coming from <laughs> that. <laughs> about how, like, the only thing that can make him feel at this point is lives like hers and emotions like hers. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm looking oh, at... And- my my books I'm reading about people being miserable. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, Gridman is doing okay against him in the fight, but as I said, he's nigh immortal, so Gridman is getting tired as the fight goes on. And then Alexis Carob creates this like, giant uh, Frieza-like death ball to kill Gridman. And every all, all the side characters look on. It's like, oh no, what is happening? And there's a spot, like... It's like foreshadowing, but kind of not, where um, Starscream and Soundwave Chan are looking at the fight, and, and Soundwave says something like, or Hass says something like, this seems kind of familiar. Like, not just that we saw this guy fighting yesterday. Like, she and the city, as it were, is starting to remember this has been happening before. And then Gridman remembers... Because he was split up at the beginning of the series and only has only come back together as perfect original Gridman. Now it's like, oh wait, I don't only just fight and destroy monsters, I fix things. Yes. Yes, it's Fixer Beam. Yeah. Yes. And that is where the theme song to this <laughs> show. And he's, he's definitely in a crucifixion pose whilst unleashing this. <laughs> Well, it is a Subaru production, so... Well, well that, that goes back to the tradition of Ultraman getting crucified. Yep. I, I love that. That doesn't happen as much in Common Rider. It's happened a couple times, but it's happened to so many Ultramen getting crucified by monsters. Yeah. <laughs> they, they love that symbolism. Anyway, um, the theme song to this show kicks in. It is, like, anime is filled with tropes. We've talked about a lot of them, although this series takes tropes from Transformers and Gridman and Ultraman, but my favorite anime trope, and I guess it happens at Tokusatsu sometimes, is because there was no theme song in the beginning of the episode, the theme song comes back at the peak, the height of action and drama in the episode. I I always... Oh, I love that moment. It's such a cliche, that's, but it is so good. <laughs> that's when you know here here's the business. Here's it's when it's really getting serious as you get the here comes the theme song. Uh it's and and it's used so much. I mean, even like I've I've been uh, finally getting around to watching some of my old uh, Transformers anime DVDs, and they use it in in Headmasters and Master Force and Victory. It's just the you know even like in the eighties you had your here comes the the big moment. Let's play the theme song, but it never stops being great. Yeah. So Alexis Carib, while not destroyed, is apparently weakened enough by this to be rendered almost insignificant and oh. Akane decides to step into the light. <gasps> yeah, oh, the, 
Okay, there's the cross count, almost cross counter where Alexis Carib and Gridman are about to punch each other. But the power of friendship makes Gridman faster. He just, we get three shots of Alexis being punched in the face. And then he just sucked into a little <laughs> oh. ball and imprisoned. And, and throughout this whole thing, like, they've been cutting back to Akane, who's, like, locked inside him in a prison at a door with, like, her hand is literally <laughs> covered in blood. That's right. Yep, the, her stabbing yes. power of friendship. And, oh, oh, the, um, um, Rika and Utsume and, and Yuta are effectively outside the door. But you see them, yeah, on, like, Akana's on one side of the screen, and then it cuts to a shot of them, and they're facing the other way. It's a two-shot, basically. But the shiny, shimmery background that's behind them is a reference to Ultra 7 in an episode we talked about before. The the one where um, <laughs> uh, Ultra 7 explains to one of his co-workers that, um, oh, this is Dan. He has, like, no, I have to go fight this monster. Wait, what? I'm Ultraman. I might die fighting him, but I have to go. And, and the lighting in, in this is a reference to that. Because mm-hmm. it, it's the end of explaining it. It's like, I have to do this. I have to save you. You're our friend, but I've done so many bad things. I'm horrible. But we love you. Mm-hmm. Like, there is blood on her hands. She <laughs> has technically killed people, even if it wasn't with her own hands. But Right. <laughs> but uh, they can save her. It's very touching. It's very emotional. Yes. And it's also like, she's locked inside Alexis Carob, which is symbolically, she's locked inside herself mm-hmm. because she's been a shut-in kind of in this world and presumably outside in the real world. Mm-hmm. And her room, her the inside of her heart is filled with trash. <laughs> like, yeah, it's not subtle about the metaphors here. No. But yeah, it's it's very, I mean, I'll like, I, for some reason, I'll just like cry at really good movie trailers. So saying that I totally shed some tears here is not saying a whole lot, but it's, it's still, <laughs> it's very, it's very touching. And I mean, I can't say, oh, I recommend watching it because if you haven't seen it, why are you listening to this? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's yeah, good. Yeah, it's like, oh, it's such good cry. Well, there's so many re- occasions to cry that like the power of friendship and and I, well I I get more teary eyed as they've gotten older and more nostalgic and bullshit but oh just hearing the old theme song and seeing old good man back like <laughs> that, that that's kind of when the waterworks start Aww. and everything after that just continues the theme well no actually I guess it, it starts when um Auntie raises his hand and says access flash Aww, as he's in a bloody crater. <laughs> Good boy. Anyway, um, okay, now, um, the, the fixer beam and getting rid of, uh, Alexis Carroll, um, turns the planet Cybertron into a techno-organic paradise. <laughs> Yay! Yes. And, and so now we know that there really wasn't anything outside the city. Has she, is this mm-hmm. created an entire world now? Yes. Like, there, there was, like, it was a digital, presumably... Nothing is clear cut, but presumably this is like a digital world existing. Question mark. So, Alexis Kara brought her there and let her create part of, greet as much of the world as she could 
while he was keeping her contained in this one city and so, destroying and rebuilding it, but... So they're Digimon now. In destroying him and saving her, the the entire world becomes a full world. She's no longer... her. The power he was siphoning off is no longer restrained. Mm-hmm. And then we get a whole planet. Are they Digimon uh. now, though? <laughs> <laughs> yes? Yes, they live in the digital world. <laughs> I can't help it. They are the champions. <laughs> so yeah, now it's uh, now it's just time to uh, time to sort of pick up the pieces. And uh, Akane, you know, has a little heart to heart with uh, with Rika, and Akane knows that she has to leave. And Rika, even though she doesn't want her to leave, knows that she must leave, <laughs> and has oh, gotten a little. They're, they're yeah yeah say that part, and and there are so many readings of this entire scene though. <laughs> mm. We'll go with the gayest one. I mean, that's certainly... We'll get to that. Yes. But, but yeah, he, she has a present for Akane. Yes, she gives her the little Matrix pass holder that I want so badly. Well, it's uh, not it's just that. She hands, her, <laughs> she hands her the Matrix in a bag, and on the bag is written Nova, Nova Prime. Uh-huh. So, and, like, they even just, like, there's a close-up of, like, her fractured glasses... That were uh, kind of a sign of her evil, which is now gone, sitting on a box where all her shit's packed up. And on top of the box is written fragile. Like, (laughs) again, not subtle. Yes. Admittedly, I just kind of thought of a Christmas uh, story for that one. Fragile. Must be a town. Fragile. Fragile. That's where she keeps her leg lamp. Yes, it's, it's important to make sure your leg lamp is well packed. As, as someone who just went through a move, I can I can tell you, you got to pack your leg lamp really well. Yeah, and and it, it's it's so touching because like Akane is like crying through this entire thing and saying how she's a coward and she's weak, and Rika's like, I know all the things that you are, and they're okay, and there are many ways to read into that line. <laughs> And, um, Jen, let's read into the gay version. <laughs> I mean, it, ooh, it, they're doing the, the lewdest thing ever. They're holding hands. Well, yeah, I mean, it, it does come off very like, I, I know who you are and I love you anyway. So I'll just leave it with that. Well, there's, um, well, I guess we could save the other interpret, big interpretation for the. I game. mean, if, if you're, if you're talking about the, the, uh, what we call knowing someone biblically, then, I mean, <laughs> you're, you're welcome to, to read that if you want, but I, I will leave it with, with her, you know, like I said, being like, I, I know who you are and I love you anyway. Oh, yeah, and, and there's a really quick black and white, like, I think they might have actually Xeroxed, like, animation cells or copies of them because oh they're, like, God. grainy and it looks really neat. And we see, like, all the I death love... and destruction that she has caused. Like, we see Auntie with, like, shit on his face and we see Psykill moments before she's killed and destroyed buildings. As, as, as someone who did a fanzine in the 90s, uh, Xeroxes of... Other, uh, basically, art translated through a Xerox machine is exactly my aesthetic. I love this so much. <laughs> yeah, it is. The... Oh, and um, a piano version of the opening theme is playing. Mm. Like, like a nice slow love ballad version. 
love theme from SSSS Gridman. <laughs> yes. They uh, <laughs> they play a piano version of the ending theme from the original show, too, Ooh. I think, somewhere in there. Because oh. I remember I didn't catch it the first time, but uh, this time I was like, oh, wow, that's that's pretty nice. cool. So you get that. Was it the, the sort of uh, traditional... I guess it wasn't anime, but like they do with this, where you have the big energetic opening theme and then the low-key, chill ending theme. Uh, it's I mean, it's a bit more low-key, mm-hmm. I guess, but it's, it's still pretty pretty okay. upbeat. Um, but yeah, no, that was cool, because I remember, again, like in one of the early episodes, they played the piano version of the original Gridman theme. Yes. Um, which again was one of those kind of those moments where you're like, oh wait a minute, there's there's more going on to this show than just a, a spiritual sequel. Oh yeah, that that was that was also episode six with Anoshiras too because she's playing that on her headphones. That's right, yeah. Which in turn, the ver- that version of the song was the version of the song that was used to help calm down her father when. Kilo Khan had turned him into a monster version. Like they calmed him down and then Fixer beamed him and he was fine again. So it was, it meant a lot to her because it saved her father and she was like, oh, I gotta pay my debts. Oh, we'll get back to that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and, and, and like at, at the end of the thing, like when, when Rika and Akane are like, they're holding hands and, and Akane says she has to go and there's a line about Rika saying, I'd like you to stay, but I wish we could never be together again, which, I mean, I, I understand that, that the intention there is like, you have to go back to your world to be part of that. It's better for you. Mm-hmm. Right. But a side, side thing of that is after the montage of death and destruction, it's like, you're a god and I love you. But you fucked this place up a little. <laughs> you kind of wrecked everything. Yeah, she says she's done things that are unforgivable. It's like, yes. <laughs> You're not wrong. You <laughs> killed Psykill. I mean, it's the biggest Transformers cliche ever. Psykill always dies in Transformers <laughs> fiction. But this is definitely Transformers fiction. Fan fiction. But it's fiction. And indeed, just like that, she's gone. And and uh, Utsumi and Yuta did not get their chance to say goodbye. Oh yeah. And Utsumi really did have things to say to her. But he but had also... too many things to say. Yes. He, well, Dramatic to the last. He was, he was overwhelmed with all the things he wanted to say. He was that. That's like the big baby. I mean, okay, it sounds horrible, but he friend-zoned himself because he knew it was more important for Rika to talk to Akane. Because they're the closest for reasons. Mm-hmm. Reasons, TM. <laughs> the reasons are lesbianism. <laughs> so, yeah, well, it, it is time to say our it's time to say our goodbyes to the rest of the cast. As the... Uh, the Neon Genesis Evangelion gang and Gridman himself are headed back to the digital world from whence they came. Yep, they yep, must they... leave because their planet needs them. Well, I mean, it doesn't yep, say that their planet actually needs them, but they're going to go back anyway. 
Um, they they got a little gift box full of Alexis Carib to take back with them. <laughs> yes, he's yes, in a nice little okay. shiny grid. Um, the room they're in is a room that was never fully seen, but was in every episode of the original Gridman, because it was th- this weird room where they would cut to him in there, and he would fly out and go to wherever the, the wherever the fuck the monster was tearing apart like a fax machine or whatever crap. <laughs> so you would get sent out of this room, but apparently it's like the access point to the internet in the real world, I guess. Like the design of it. It's it's, it's a yeah. hard to describe room. It's the router. It's, oh, oh, yeah, I guess yeah. it's kind of a router. It's the router. <laughs> oh, and uh, Rika goes to kick Oh no, Boar goes to kick Utsumi, and for the very first time, he instinctively pulls his leg back. Yes. And that's adorable. And, and he's, 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 uh, giving him a little, he's razzing him a little too, because, you know, he's, he's thanking them for how much they helped them and how brave they were, and, uh, except for, you know, Utsumi, who was always, uh, making terrible predictions that made us do the wrong thing. Yes. <laughs> well, not all the Be time. Nice. Gotta, gotta twist that knife a Aww. little. Aww. <laughs> A little. I know that he's Gridman's grateful that he's once again learned about the power of friendship. It's, it's a lot of power mm. of friendship. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, Rika asks where the garbage son is, and apparently he is not coming with them. No, nope. he, he cannot. He cannot come with us. Oh, and also Utsumi says, you know, hey, next time you come back here, uh, possess me instead, because I'm not doing anything better. <laughs> I want to be the main character. If if the the next thing that was teased so far is just a movie, I want that to happen. Yes. It'll be funny and awkward. Yes. With Gridman's in Utsumi. If it's a whole series, I honestly, I wouldn't want Gridman to come back in, in just the further adventures of Auntie and Anoshiras, too. The tall, well, I mean, slightly I'm, I'm... chubby one. With glasses. <laughs> Yeah, they 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 ascend back into their world, and uh, we we cut back to uh, to a quiet uh, quiet gray day, and uh, Rika and uh, Utsumi are uh, waiting for the real Utah to wake up, and they're kind of oh yeah. And there's a few shots of like um, the school and stuff, and like Hass and Starscreamer wandering around, and we see a shot of two people walking up to a door that's Utah's room. Yes, yeah, as absentee parents. His parents <laughs> exist now. Finally returned. <laughs> they they have shown up. Well, they may not not have actually been people before the end of this episode. Yes. Maybe they just possessed him because his parents were out of town. Yeah. It's like how that was uh, the you know the kids uh, you know it's, it's the eighties and we're having a a, mo- a party in a movie. It's the kid whose parents are out of town. Yes. Except we're having a party in his body. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> You just said, like, his parents were out of town, and until this episode, there was nothing out of town. Yes. Oh, so they might not have actually existed. <laughs> no! Oh, that's a good point. I hadn't actually... That that hadn't occurred... I mean, I guess I was kind of assuming that they didn't actually exist, but it hadn't occurred to me that Gridman completing the world had brought them into existence. That's That's pretty great. And the you know they're just sort of idly speculating as to as to why it was Utah who was the one who got possessed, 
And it initially seems that the explanation might be as simple as, uh, well, he, he, he sat next to uh, Akane. Yeah. Sat next to her in class. Simple thing. He just sat next to her. But what, maybe Akane has a, had a crush on a person like Yuta in the real world. Although it presumably just like he sat <laughs> next to her. It, it's a it's a better explanation considering Akane never really seems interested in boys. I mean, oh. admittedly, nobody seems interested in anybody through most of the series. But well, I mean, everybody's sort of you know she's you know the most popular girl. Yes. Despite as previously noted, being a weird shut in because she is the uh, she is the Billy Moomy of this particular cornfield. Yes. <laughs> yes. She's the main character, so so yeah, and and they mm. do show him like sitting at his desk with her at the next desk, you know, surrounded by friends. And perhaps it's because you know he was sort of interested in Rika, and was perhaps the only person who was interested in somebody who wasn't Akane that made him special. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. He was a slightly more fully realized character. Oh yeah, because like even Utsume is obsessed with. Akane. Yeah, okay, I guess that is why he... Yeah, everybody's obsessed with her. He is an aberration to the world in that he was immune to the everyone must love Akane thing. Huh. <laughs> mm-hmm. Neat. Yeah, maybe. Maybe because she just didn't notice him as much. I mean, she wanted, like, a nerd friend, which I can certainly sympathize with. And she wanted a girlfriend, which I can also sympathize with. But she didn't want to, like, you know... She she didn't. There wasn't a special place for this, you know, just sort of normal guy. So yeah, the, the so yeah, maybe that was part of it. Average guy, red outsider, as if his character originally came from a different universe altogether. Oh, hi, Cliff Jumper. <gasps> <laughs> With his little horns. Everything comes back to Transformers. Yes. And hey, cut to uh, cut to the garbage son who is not dead. <gasps> Somehow, magically, I guess access flashing made him not die. Yeah, I mean, we saw him sort of disappearing into light, yeah. sort of. But then he didn't actually join the battle that we saw. So no. Well, he, I, could he? Did he? I, I mean, he accessed flashed when they did. So either that just healed him, or he was part of Gridman at that time. Man. Could be, but he didn't. Then he didn't come out of Gridman with the rest of them because no. he's not there. He he just After. wakes up nope. somewhere, and 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 someone has saved him. So she says, mm-hmm. "It's that weird little monster girl." Oh, she's so cute. <laughs> she's so cute and vaguely amphibian. Yeah, she's like weird little monster frog. Aw, and she's got her broken umbrella. She's holding over him as he wakes up. <laughs> you know, you know, you'll, we'll, we'll, t- I'll take care of you because you know I've been through the same thing. Cut to a weird Gamera-looking thing. Okay, here we go. This, this scene is my favorite in this <laughs> entire show. Okay, please explain. Because it's it's Trash Son, who what started out as a kaiju has become a person. Uh huh. It's he's people now. Trash girl, mm-hmm. daughter of a kaiju, who. Accepts her trashness and, and like, he asks, like, who are you? And he says, oh, I'm the one that saved you. And then he says, well, I always pay my debts. She starts cackling madly because that's her family motto. Yes. 
<laughs> pan up from them to her dad in the background, who's just a still image. I wish he'd, like, been animated, but, like, still image works better because he's freaking huge. <laughs> so it's like, oh, just like, oh, Auntie has a family now. He's been adopted. And he also has depth perception. Yes! <laughs> yes, he he has depth perception the, again. The, the bandage finally falls off, and his his red eye, which was like a Kane, is still there, but it, the eye that was fucked up has turned blue, like everyone living in this world, except for uh, Megatron Mama. <laughs> she has yellow, which is never explained other than the fact that her design... Oh, oh, crap. I did figure out, like... She's, she's great, is why... Her voice actress is the same as a character from Luke. Oh shit! Had it a while ago. Let me just scroll and see if I can find it again. Uh, mid uh, Space Patrol Luluko. Yes. Yes. She's a character from that who had like a giant eyeball that looks like the earring that Megatron Mama has. Like it was on her head as like a decoration in her hair or something. But yeah, she's sorry to carry over there, but the, she's the only character with yellow eyes. It's weird. <laughs> she's weird, so it's okay. Anyway, so yes, yes. Anno Shira's family, yay. Yeah, it's and yeah, he's he's becoming a real boy. <laughs> His transformation is complete. So good. And then oh ev- everybody hold on, because we've got one more <gasps> scene. <laughs> oh no, what oh, is yes, it? I want I want to hear your reaction to this. Uh, Cut to live action. And, uh, yeah, it is what is apparently the real Akane waking up in her real bedroom in the real world. (gasps) She does, yeah. I think it actually is the voice actress of Akane, maybe. Okay. Because uh, she looks more like Rika. Um, here's the thing. Okay. And and you you also saw the music video that came afterwards, which was the music video for the theme song. Right, she's just kind of wandering around. I'm sure at least that one is the actress for Akane, walking around town. Leaving Ooh. her house and finally okay. being part of society. <gasps> okay, my, my reading of, like, there's a lot of gayness go- or lesbianness going on between uh, Akane and Rika, it's like undertones, like, of, I created you to love me, and, and I love you no matter what. I, Rika might just be a Kane. Like, <laughs> maybe it's about loving yourself. Yes! Yes, that's the thing. She, she fell in love with her own self-insert yes. character. <laughs> yes, but no, well, it's either intentionally or accidentally, like, Akane created, like, her ideal self as Akane in the world like my thighs aren't as big my tits are bigger i'm popular my hair is a bright color but as a side effect rika was created as like oh this is what i actually am i'm sort of demure and quiet and i have thighs i wish weren't as big (laughs) as they are i don't know why that was was an important note in like the character designs her thighs must be big but it was a character design (laughs) note Anyway, so must be cur- thick. The curse of chafing. <laughs> yeah. So either so that that's my reading anyway. That Rika is Akane, the version of Akane from the real world. Like that's her, and she wanted mm-hmm. to be more like 
Akane in the digital world, but she isn't. And she finally accepts that and holding hands with Rika and is like, oh, you're who I am and we shouldn't meet together. My fake, false, idealized version, I have to go back to what I really am in the real world. Mm-hmm. Or they're just gay. I mean, <laughs> there's that too. But yeah, I mean, maybe, like I said, it, it is about, you know, loving yourself, which is certainly something that lots of self-care stuff talks about. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, or, or maybe just gay. Or maybe a little of all of that. It's complicated. It's complicated being gay. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it's also complicated being like a weird cyber god. Yes. That further yeah. complicates. That just raises more questions. And uh, are there any, like, Easter eggs in this real-life room? I see a poster that indicates she's very excited for prom. Yeah, <laughs> yes, um, her, her little think... Matrix pass holder is sitting there yes. on the on The, t- the Matrix counter. pass holder is there. I, I think that's the only actual reference, I think. Or if there is anything else, it, it was grainy in the background and I've completely forgotten it. There's probably a kaiju toy somewhere in there. Oh, okay, well, I... I, no, I, I no cup from Starbucks. Oh, actually, I, 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 I was... I was actually making a joke here. I'm pretty sure it's a poster for that. Uh, was it Promare? Promar? Oh, pro, uh, I don't know how to say that. It was the thing that's in theaters. Yes, was in theaters recently. It was uh, in there a second time. It's also by Trigger. It's about gay firefighters or something. I never actually got <laughs> to see it because I've been sick. Or uh-huh. no, the the last time it was showing, like we we were co- recording an episode, and it was like, Aww. I can't be bothered no. to try going out and rescheduling. It's like I, I just I felt like uh-huh. I don't want to drive like an hour and fifteen minutes. Uh, Me neither. And back. It's, like, <laughs> yep. it's only just past where I work. It's like my commute all over again. Oh, uh, yeah. And, uh, yeah, so then she wakes up, and I assume much like the end of that one Simpsons Treehouse of Horror, she's uh, off to go find a shop that sells erotic cakes. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Hey, did, oh, and speaking of, hey, did anybody see that movie Tron? No, no, <laughs> no, yes, I mean no. Yes. Which I think kind of sums up the entire show. Yeah. Yeah. Just uh, just make sure you don't embed that cone into the uh, into the ground. So yeah, the the end. That's it. That Aww. is a wrap on Gridman for now. Yes. yes. Yep. Oh, oh man, though that's definitely the kind of ending where you're like, what can they even do next? But I guess they're going to figure that out. Yeah. I, yeah. Uh, I, I kind of don't want to see the kids again, the main three, really. Right, have like a different set of main kids. Yeah, a different set of main kids. Like, uh, Anoshiris and Auntie just go to a different city, because there's other shit in the world yes. that's been spawned now or something. Yes. I mean, I kind of want to know what Utah's deal is, uh, since, you know, we didn't actually meet him, and we just met a techno-robot riding him around like a pony. Yeah. We just met a hyper agent in his body. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
So I don't know what's what's that guy's deal. Is, yeah, is, are things super weird between him and his friends now because they've shared this insane traumatic experience that he has absolutely no memory of? That's got to be super weird. And and they keep thinking like, oh, and you were there, and they're like, oh, right, that was the guy who was possessing you. <laughs> yeah. So that's got to be a little weird. Yeah, I really don't know uh, what they would do in a sequel because I thought this was a pretty solid ending. Uh, and and kind of you know answered everything that I that I really wanted it to answer, and it did leave some things vague, but they are they're questions that uh, you know I'm okay with kind of leaving hanging. Like the whole last scene, what did you think actually of just cutting to live action like that? I I was not expecting it, but I thought it made a lot of sense. Yeah, I mean I. I... You know, that, that sort of showing that, that this is the real world. It was, yeah, I thought it was good. Oh, it was so good. It, it was, again, like, like, it's so obvious in retrospect, but it's like, I didn't expect it. I loved it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yes. it's, it's funny, cause when that, when I saw it the first time, you know, and it just, it cuts to the live action, and that's the end of the series, and I was like, yeah. That's uh, that's how it would end. Like it, it felt like the most kind of natural way to do it, and to to call back to the fact that this is uh, an anime a sequel to a live action show, and and kind of just right. it, you know brings it brings it back around, I guess, to the to the source material. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's good. Thumbs up. Mm. So yeah, I think I think that about that about wraps things up. And uh, yeah, this I you know as as a guy who's not well versed in anime at all, I I really enjoyed watching this show, and I I certainly enjoyed uh, talking about it with my with my co-hosts and uh, and our all of our special guests, uh, yourself included. Yeah, uh, I've I've been learning a lot about tokusatsu, uh, so that it might be. If I ever have time and get caught up on my to be read pile and my to be viewed queue, uh, maybe I'll I'll have to throw some of that in there. Yeah. Well, yeah, well I, there there is a lot of Ultraman that you can now buy on Blu-ray. Oh, that's right. What? Yeah. Apparently, which I mean, that's part of why I never really got into it was there was a very high. Uh, barrier to entry but you know maybe and and i also kind of thought the people in suits were kind of goofy and that's why animation exists <laughs> but but you know maybe i'll give it another chance i mean i i kind of love and not necessarily guys in suits but animated or animated guys who are meant to look like guys in suits there's something charming about it yeah it's i and i said this with the i've said this with the recent godzilla stuff too is that there is a special place in my heart for when they frame shots in a way that would have been framed in a, you know, when when there's a battle that's directed as though it were people in suits, even <laughs> though they absolutely do not have those limitations. It's, it's pretty, pretty great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, uh, good news, there actually is going to be another, based upon Ultra Kaiju stuff, uh, animated series? Mm-hmm. Possibly bad news is it it looks like it's more going to feature um cute anime age girls oh. like yeah. 
fighting kaiju or being kaiju or something <laughs> called uh, Kaiju Decode coming in uh, 2021. So it's going to be a while. We'll but, see. But uh, eh, we really don't know much about that either. Although I think that was sort of vaguely teased, announced like months ago. But they're well, right after the 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 Gridman. Hey, we're getting more of that. There was also a few pictures from uh, Kaiju Decode. Hmm. Well, we'll see if it's about the the misery that I need to fill my the void in my heart, like Alexis Carrot. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So I, I do think that uh, that about wraps things up. And and thank you again for uh, for joining us, Paul. At uh, yeah, no problem. It was it was fun, and I learned a lot about uh, Transformers because I am a, a neophyte in that area. Mm. I knew that some of the characters in this show were based on. Transformers designs, I think. <laughs> oh, some, <laughs> some. Just the humans. Oh, that's adorable. Like an auntie. Just like virtually every human who has screen time more than like a few seconds, <laughs> except for one character who's at the beach, who's uh, just a character designed from Little Witch Academia. And Megat, well, I guess Megatron Mom is Megatron Mom. She's just also an additional character. Her apron is G1 Megatron's belly. <laughs> well, yes. Okay, fine. So basically, my, my takeaway is that Octopunch. This this entire show was really just a big crossover fan fiction. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, basically, which is and it's it's a it's lot of incredible. fun because those of us who were into one of the stories have now gotten to experience some of the the other story and vice versa. So that's that's the best thing for crossover fan fiction to accomplish. Yep, that's yes, for sure. Like the first episode aired in this, like, wait, wait, wait a minute. That's wait, what? That's Cliff Jumper. What? By like the second episode, I was going like, everyone has to watch this. This is so bizarre. How did this happen? <laughs> How did we get official fan fiction for one of the lesser known Transformers continuities? The heck? yes, <laughs> by a major studio. Now, I guess my question would be, did anyone on the Transformers side have any comments about that? Officially, I don't think there's ever been anything. I mean, well... No. The closest we've gotten is, like, guys we know who wrote the first Shattered Glass Transformers story, but they're only tangentially related to Transformers. Yes. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, there, there's just the, uh, I, like I said, I, I did bring it up to Aaron Archer at TFCon, uh, who was brand manager for Transformers for a while. And, and his response was, well, that's not my problem now. <laughs> <laughs> and and I, I realized it must be very sad to have to have, you know, had your job be approaching that sort of thing, not as a fan, but as someone with possible legal concerns. <laughs> I, I know that Greg and Trent both found it incredibly surreal. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. But uh, but yeah, just basically, I I mean, when I went to TFCon, I couldn't shut up about it, and I found a couple <laughs> other people there who had seen it, and we were like, "Yay!" And everybody else was like, "Jen, shut up about this anime." <laughs> <laughs> but I I think we're gonna win some people over. We're slowly winning yes. people over. 
Yeah, I, I need to go to another Transformers convention at some point. And first, I need to buy an Utsumi shirt. Uh, yes. And and dye my hair dark green, I guess. Or get a wig. Yep. I'll help. We'll bleach mm. it first. Well, you, well, first you got to set up a, a Hass cosplay or whatever. Yes. You're do. Yeah. <laughs> yes, well, that's just because I needed to wear a face mask because I was immunosuppressed. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Oh. So, yeah, I think that about uh, does us for tonight. So uh, thank you once again for joining us, and we will be back uh, with our regularly scheduled uh, Transformers programming before long, and we we may just do yep. uh, an episode to just sort of wrap things up here uh, next month. Let's talk about toys and such or like we do with the Transformers maybe, maybe we'll know more about the sequel by then. Yeah. I got the I got the vinyl kaiju ante. <laughs> Yeah, maybe I'll actually uh, try to read. Um, there are transcripts of like the radio plays thingies because they oh. did like little radio short thingies like that take place in between episodes that somebody translated them. I think I read one of them and then I just forgot because <laughs> it was like I have enough shit to research about kaiju and transformers. I don't need to read that much extra material. <laughs> no, I, I don't know anything about Japanese radio, but I hope they do it like like old episodes of The Shadow, where you've got people like rumbling sheets of sheet metal for thunder. Oh. And somebody playing uh, the organ. Maybe? I don't know. Well, I, I know they just have the voice actors and do stuff. I... Oh, did anyone ever translate the, the lesbian prequel about um, Thundercracker Chan and Astro... Or, yeah, it was Astro Train Chan. I feel like someone has to. Yeah, someone must have. Or at least, like, written a summary of it. Because they're an adorable couple. Yes. With the best jacket. How, out of all the merchandise, I have still not seen a version of that jacket. Like, there's so many well, Rika and Akane toys and figures, that, but I want that It's funny, because that kind of goes back to my question about, like... You know the the merchandise for this show, I believe, is made by Bandai. Uh, for the most it part, it seems to vary. Um, uh, I so. mean, Good that Smile definitely so. has the license. Oh, that's right. Yeah, Good Smile as well. Um, so, what 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 can they make and what can't they make because of the designs for the the people? Mm. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. Well, I well, like the the I think. Well, they're making Rika and Akane, and there was, like, little figures or little keychains of, like, most of the main cast. Like, none of them are so spot-on to Transformers because their people versions just have the color schemes. Like, it's right. it doesn't feel like copyright infringement. <laughs> it's just the weirdest homage ever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's all just details. So if they've been able to say the main cast, they should be able to do the rest of them. Because like it's it's not like uh, Thundercracker Chan's jacket is exactly the color layout of Action Master Thundercracker's bright neon. It just uses all those colors, <laughs> right? Right. In the loudest jacket. Yeah, it's just little details. It's not the overall, the big picture. <laughs> okay, well then I'm sure they'll get to making everything eventually because they've certainly made tons of figures of just Akane and Rika in mm. various outfits that I don't remember seeing in the show anywhere. Like, <laughs> I guess they're getting married. <laughs> I didn't see that. <laughs> you know, you got uh, you, know, you got Battle Damage Rika, uh, Arctic Assault uh, Akane. 
Oh, I want that. Negative threat, Rika. Kick yes. puncher, Akane. Yes. Bright neon colored ooh, ninja, ooh. Akane. Just, ultimate wish. Just, just 90s Kenner Batman colors. Yes. Oh, um, ultimate wish for the movie, if they actually are going to use the same school again. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, uh, Soundwave and Starscream as, like, the ma- promoted the late main characters would be interesting, but Thundercracker as the main character. Give me that. That would be ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, so until uh, until next time, I'm Rob. I'm Jen. One season in a movie. Yay! Uh, I'm Paul. <laughs> Good night. Give up.